0: Hi, you're listening to the Stefan Levera podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, for episode 148, my guest is Petek, also known on Twitter as Rain. But first, a word for the sponsors of the show. So firstly, this podcast is brought to you by Kraken, one of the world's leading Bitcoin exchanges, known for offering a high-quality platform with high trading volume and low fees, with no minimum or hidden fees. Kraken also offer 24-7 support and it's really fast to sign up with them. Kraken also offer Kraken Security Labs, strengthening the security of Kraken and also assessing the security of other peers in the Bitcoin space. If you're interested in using a mobile app, Kraken Pro mobile app is the one for you. Kraken Pro delivers all the security and features you love about the Kraken exchange in a beautiful mobile-first design for advanced Bitcoin trading on the go. Kraken also offer an OTC desk for those seeking more private and personalized service for large block trades over 100000 USD or more, and Kraken also offer margin and futures. And don't forget to check out the Crypto Watch platform, CryptoWAT.ch, a a popular charting and trading terminal for Bitcoin markets. Go and sign up at Kraken.com or find Kraken Pro on a mobile app store. This podcast is also brought to you by Unchained Capital a Bitcoin-native financial services company, empowering customers with multi-signature as a foundation for their financial freedom and control. Unchained Capital have a special approach in allowing collaborative custody, giving users control over their private keys, as well as giving you the benefit of a financial partner and financial services. So Unchained Capital offer a two of three multi-signature vault. So in that scenario, you can hold two of the keys with a ledger or a trezor, And Unchained can hold the third key in that scenario and they can cosign for you or they can be like a backup if you were to ever lose one of your two keys. Also, Unchained offer collateralized loans. So you can put up Bitcoin and then receive USD without actually selling that Bitcoin. So it's stored on chain and it's never rehypothecated. I'm really impressed with Unchained Capital. They're offering fantastic services. Check out some of my earlier interviews with Drew Bansall, Parker Lewis, and also Will Cole. I think you'll really enjoy partnering with them. Go and learn more at unchained-capital.com. Check out the Cypher Wheel by CipherSafe, CipherSafe.io. They're producing the Cypher Wheel product. So if you've invested in a Bitcoin hardware wallet, or you've got an, a, another 24-word BIP39 seed, you need to back that up and keep it in a way that's fireproof, waterproof, rustproof, proof, and tamper-evident. So look into Cypher Wheel. It's a new product. It's compact. It comes in a wheel shape. It masks the words of your seed, unless you open the padlock tamper-evident seal, so you can know if it's been opened. So make sure that you or your loved ones have access to your bitcoins if an accident occurs. The orders are going out now, so go and order yours at CipherSafe.io. So for the episode today... Petek joins me and we talk about coming into Bitcoin as an artist and creating Bitcoin art. And we also talk about her experience working with Plan B on Stock to Flow inspired art pieces and her thoughts on women in Bitcoin and how some ideas were just ripe for being created. Hope you enjoy the episode. Petek, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Hi Stefan. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah, so look, I've been following you online and I've seen uh, you've uh, been interacting with Plan B and you've been sharing some of what you're doing in terms of Bitcoin and art. Now, I know your background is not the typical libertarian or programmer or tech person. How did you get into all this?
1: Uh, No, it's definitely not. Um, So, I mean, it's a long journey, but I mean, I was mainly a lot in the media industry um, producing photo shoots and stuff like that always always like commissioning um creatives art directing um branding and things like that and like producing stuff worldwide and I absolutely loved that um and and then I came to South Africa um uh, and I sort of did a 180 on that and um came here and started doing like art consulting for hotels and stuff like that. And so I've always, always appreciated, um, creative people. Um, and, and it's, it's in me as well, obviously. Um, and then I just had the opportunity, uh, to like paint some stuff for the hotels as well, cause they asked me to, and it just all started from there. Just like, just kicked off literally. And and I I I was doing lots of research into Bitcoin. I mean, I I started I started doing that about three years ago, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, like 2016. Before you know, I didn't buy anything then. I wanted to know what what I was thinking of buying, <laughs> uh, uh, but it just fascinated me so much. So I just really literally dove dove, dove straight into that right. rabbit hole. <laughs>
0: But, but what was it that fascinated you?
1: Mm, uh, the the I, I would say the cultural implications. The um, I just had this innate feeling that like an inner knowing. This is going to change the world. This is going to change the world, and it's not just going to change the monetary system. It's going to have like all these wider implications that are going to touch culture and humanity in lots of different ways because Bitcoin forces you to to reevaluate those things and educate yourself. I mean, it it just forces you, but it's just, you just suddenly become, the more you read, the more aware you become of what's wrong with the system right now and where it can go with Bitcoin, you know, I mean, it's fascinating really
0: (laughs) right okay and so what's your journey been like in terms of learning about bitcoin and learning about those cultural impacts as you say
1: the journey i mean the 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 first question i think is definitely well i mean the very first question is what is bitcoin but then it's what is money how does how does money work oh hang on a minute it's just a promise right (laughs) It's just a promise that used to be backed by gold, and now it kind of feels like an empty one, right? <laughs> when you when you hold that piece of paper in your hand, you're like, um, I'm just trusting the bank that this is, you know, worth something. Um, and we've all collectively we've all collectively agreed that it's 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 worth something when we when we conduct trade with each other so we've all just agreed that's the medium of exchange but what if there's a better one that doesn't lose its value over time like pretty much every fiat system ha- uh, fiat uh, form of fiat money has you know historically speaking <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so, look, coming in in 2016, who were some of the voices you were listening to? Who were, what, who were some of the authors you were reading? What was, uh, what was around at that point and how did that influence your understanding now?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I actually I had a friend back then who just wouldn't stop talking about it and he would literally bug me and say, you've got to buy this. Um, and so we would always like meet up and talk about it. And, and that's when I started doing research. I'm just thinking, so I wasn't on Twitter back then. I I, I wasn't, I only joined this year. I'm just trying to think what, I mean, I just read about, I I must admit I did, I did get stuck in some shit coins, man. So that was not good. And burnt my fingers there. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that's probably for a lot of new uh, or no coiners or noobs, as we like to say. I think that's probably, if you're doing your own research, that might be a natural course, especially back then when there was no warning and then this whole ICO stuff hadn't happened. And back then it was like, I mean, I remember sitting in a cafe and talking like, There was, uh, that was like 2017, right? Like I was in a cafe trying to get onto an exchange, right? (laughs) And researching what's a good one. And then I realized, I just looked up, I turned turned left, looked right, and I saw everyone had some kind of Bitcoin exchange on their screen. (laughs) (laughs) In one cafe in Cape Town. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is like, is this like Bitcoin Central here or what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the guy next to me gave me a lot of information and he actually um yeah he gave me some good tips but yeah other than that what was i reading it was just a lot of internet research that i did so my own research and then i would then i started to gravitate then i started to see like plan b's uh work and his doctor to flow chart and i all i can say is when i saw that or oh, every time, every time I saw that I had this again, and in a it's like, basically I do a lot of energy work and I, I learn how to perceive energy, um, around me, um, you know, it could be situational, but it can also be the energy in a person or an object or anything you come across, just use your awareness and perceive the energy around it. And I kept noticing, I would have this gravitational pull towards his, his stock to flow chart, and then and then i you know i i read it uh and i wrapped my head around it and i i i, I understood um the principles of it you know not not necessarily the math completely like not the way he sort of you know but i intr like instinctively i was like it just clicked i was like that makes total sense that makes total sense that the it, um the uh, uh, ratio or the the relationship between uh, the stock and the production of something uh, measured in a a value could determine if something uh, can be a unit of monetary exchange,
0: right? Right. And it may be that there's something underlying that we perceive these things that have right a high stock to flow or a low inflation rate however you want to call it but we want to accumulate those things because we think you know those are the more scarce things
1: yeah so I had that pull towards that and 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 inside there was something I want to paint that I want to paint that this is going to be (laughs) I mean I know I'm like you know so but I was really this excited I was like I really want to paint that this is going to be a piece of financial history. When we look back at it, this is important. So I want to commemorate it, and I want I want to celebrate that, you know. And and that and so I approached him, and I said I would love to paint this for you. And it was his idea to kind of go well. Let's share this whole process with everybody, and and bring this to the people, but because it's art, and it's not all that geeky, uh, blockchain. Coding, you know, complicated stuff, all the tech and all that stuff. This this is another way to bring people to to uh, Bitcoin, or at least get them curious about it. You know, like people people who don't understand, or, or who might be intimidated by all that stuff. I mean, I'm 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 a bit intimidated by it, and I've been reading about it for three years.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, right. So yeah. you went you went to meet Plan B, and you spoke about it i'm sure you threw some ideas around in terms of how you can present it tell us a little bit about how some of those ideas formed of how you are planning to present stock to flow in an artwork
1: um i already i already knew well in the in the beginning i already because i i paint paintings so so my other paintings are about drone photography um of the planet, um, well, they're inspired by drone photography of the, of of like landscapes and coastal lines and mines. Like I, I'm actually really into aerial photos of mines for some reason. <laughs> um, but well, because I feel like the geology of the planet is like a is like a historical diary, right? It tells a story, and so. I already had that way of painting and seeing things and then when I saw this doctor flowchart I thought oh I could use my technique and just make it look like an abstract aerial landscape but the but the moon thing the 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 idea of the moon being the background that came afterwards that well that came like you know a little bit after we'd been talking quite a lot about how how this would sort of unfold?
0: Yeah. So give us a, an overview. What's the current thinking in terms of what it will look like when it's uh, mm-hmm. complete?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, the the chart. I'm loosely interpreting it, but the but the but there's the graph, uh, and then the, the little data, the the Bitcoin data points that are like climbing up, and uh, I sort of say that they're spiraling around that that uh, trajectory that's heading, you know, towards the higher market cap and all that. Um, And then there's the other uh, trajectory of of, uh, gold, um, silver, and diamonds, and palladium and all that. um, And how their STF relates to the market cap. And then the background in his chart is, it's just like, you know, a gradient some sort with lots of lines. Um, And that background is going to be the moon landscape. So I've made, I've made like craters for the data. So all the data points of like the Bitcoin data points and the gold and the silver, those are, um, those are the craters on the moon. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just this interpretation. Um, that there, there, there can be other interpretations of it and it doesn't have to be the moon. But I just thought that's a brilliant, wonderful, exciting way to start it off. You
0: know? And so uh, for listeners, uh, you've probably listened to the earlier episodes with Plan B. Mm-hmm. I think in episode 67, the first one, we spoke about how there were two different charts. And the one you're referring to here is like comparing commodities and their own stock to flow ratio versus that of Bitcoin. And obviously, as Bitcoin is going through these halving cycles every four years, Mm -hmm. then you can plot out theoretically what it would be. And so Mm -hmm. that's uh, what you're getting at there, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about the materials that are going into this. Tell us (laughs) about that.
1: I'm actually really excited about that because that was like one of those ridiculous ideas um where you're just like yeah well that's just like that's not gonna happen (laughs) um I was like well if I am painting the background as the moon first I thought oh man I would love to put some meteorite on there like actual meteorite so by the way this has like none of this has been announced yet on on my twitter feed um but uh, um, by the time this this uh, episode comes out, I'll you know I'll share it with everyone. Um, I mean the rea- the reaction's been already incredible from from people. Um, but yeah, this has not been announced yet. So so I wanted to put meteorite on there, and I thought yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get hold I'll contact a geologist, and I'll get some meteorite. And then and then I thought oh man it's the moon, I would love to. W- would be so awesome to put some actual moon rock on there right like (laughs) and i thought the only way to get moon rock is from nasa from the apollo missions which by the way i still (laughs) want to do no honestly i'm i still want to do it i i am going to get my hands onto moon rock from nasa one way or another (laughs) (laughs) No, but they they, they collected a, a a very you know a certain amount, and they only they only dish it out to scientists and universities for studies, you know, and experiments. But then this geologist ha- had had um, lunar meteorite, and I was like, oh my god, like actual pieces from the moon. So some some meteorites, I don't even know this. Like some meteorites actually. Come from the moon and and end up landing on planet Earth, and so it's obviously it's scientifically um, analyzed for its composition, and uh, you know uh, certified as being real pieces from the moon. (laughs) I mean, very very tiny little amounts, like just a few grams, obviously, because it's expensive shit. So, (laughs) but it's like (laughs) you. You, you, uh, yeah, you've got a piece of the moon on 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 the, on the on your artwork. So so, Plan B actually said I I wanted to like smash that up as well and 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 uh, sprinkle it over over the painting. And then um, he called me and he said, oh, actually, can you do me a favor? Can you can you not smash it up? Can you just leave it in one piece, so that um, you know people, my friends, can touch it, like, you can touch the moon. right? How amazing is that? Yeah. I, mean, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I'm i with you on that. I thought, yeah, actually, that's a really nice, yeah. So it's a collaboration. It's a, you know, um, like, a few other people have commissioned me for their own version of it, um, and each version is going to be very different and suited to each person and their personality and their values around Bitcoin. Um, but it is still... a a journey that they also take with me the artist and i you know i i want to hear what their ideas are and i'll i'll paint it for them
0: you know is this going to be like a limited run there'll only be a few or what's the story well that's
1: again that's an energy thing so i you know i i did sort of think because the reaction has been so uh, like wow um and I've sort of gone, oh man, how many, how many of these am I, how many of these am I prepared to paint? You know, like I'm not going to be like the stock to flow girl for the rest of my life. (laughs) 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 Um, but, um, I'd like to paint a family of them or a collection or a body of work of them. And as long as they all feel different to me, and as long as I still feel excited to paint them, um that's that's gonna happen. And and also there's this wider there's this wider um well, mission, so to speak. You know, everyone who hangs one up in their house, they can invite their friends around and then and, and then it's a talking point. So it touches it's it's that bridge it's that bridge again that that plan b talks about a lot being the bridge to to bitcoin and the art can also be the bridge to bitcoin like art art meets science art meets data and yeah so i don't know how many i'm gonna i'm actually yeah no i'm thinking like okay at some point i might have to close that that list and just gotta give it some scarcity will that as well No, I mean each one is absolutely unique so I'm not worried about that it's just um it's just I need to enjoy painting them that's very very important um but i feel i feel like um and this is a this might sound funny to some people but actually quite a lot of you guys quite a lot of the Bitcoin community gets this I've noticed because I've spoken to quite a few now what's interesting well to me i i when I paint, I, I channel, I just, I just, I speak to, I know mean, that sounds funny, but literally I connect, I, I feel like I connect consciously with the energy of Bitcoin and I go, Hey, Bitcoin, tell me what, what do you want me to paint? What's this going to look like? How do you want to, you know? And I, I speak to the, I ask the canvas. I ask the energy of the person who's commissioning it. Um, um, so I, I basically, I'm channeling. I'm just channeling what's coming through and what wants to become reality. The same way Bitcoin wants to become reality. I mean, I can absolutely, and we can we can all feel that. Everyone who's excited about Bitcoin can see how it just wants to and is becoming more and more a reality. It's like this big black hole that's just sucking the energy out of fiat money. right Right. and and it's like um
0: it's like uh you talk about this idea of personal meaning right so different Mm. ideas have a certain meaning to you or when you hear a certain song it reminds you of a certain time and a place that you might have heard that song or when you were studying for exams or whatever yes so how does that play in for you in terms of things like when you first heard about bitcoin or when you had your aha moment about bitcoin does that also have a similar kind of feeling there too
1: oh yeah yeah i mean um for example that moment in the cafe for me was just like oh my god what's going on here right um and and um the same way so everyone's like bought their bitcoin for the first time um at a different um, date, uh, and, you know, time and place. Um, and, uh, you know, someone might be like, Oh, I remember when I remember when it hit all time high. And someone who's really into this will have a lot of emotions attached to that. And, and it will be a very personal memory to them the same way we know where we were, where we all were when nine 11 happened, you know, even if that was a A very very tragic event it was it it was important to humanity in such a way that we all know where we were when that happened um and happy moments as well so but with bitcoin like if you look at the btc to usd chart or whatever your currency is if you're a geek about it, you know exactly, you know exactly where on that chart you bought Bitcoin for the first time. So I'm also, I'm also very interested in painting that for people. And, and so it would be like a secret diary to them, like if they look at the art, if they look at the art on the wall, it might be the four hour chart, it might be the logarithmic, the whole 11 year log chart chart. Uh, But I could then pinpoint that moment secretively on that painting, maybe with some moon rock or something. But for someone else who sees that piece, that painting, it'll be like, oh, that's just a pretty piece of abstract art or what the fuck is that? (laughs) But to the person, it's really personal. It's a really personal moment in time. So I, I, I like that sort of double entendre that, you know, yeah, you know
0: what I mean. It means a lot to you, but not necessarily to other people. I guess yeah. uh, in the future, because it, it, what happens is over time, once you've passed, once enough time has passed, it just, the what used to be big movements just looks like tiny blips because it's just, you know, it's it's gone yeah. away so, so much. Yeah. But to you, it might feel a lot more real.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Or, or um, I mean, when you zoom in onto that log chart, I mean... You know, the choppiness is all, it's all a matter of scale. And um, also, I I, I also say that, uh, or believe that, uh, I I think it's the purest form of, well, it, it reflects human nature much more purely than, let's say, the stock market, which is manipulated, or like, by corporations and governments and, Uh, people in power so i think bitcoin is a much um purer reflection of human emotions in that sense like like a seismic uh graph
0: (laughs) yeah and so have you had much experience then with people who got interested from an art perspective or they just saw the artwork and then they then went on to learn more about bitcoin
1: um you mean now with this, Doctor Flame? Yeah,
0: or just yeah, or just any of your friends? Have you had any experiences like that over the years?
1: Oh, with my friends, um, yeah, with my friends. I've got, I mean, I've, I have onboarded a, a couple of people, and actually, um, a few women. Actually, three women. Actually, so that's really cool. Um, it's not a lot, but it's you know something. So my sister and two other friends, and I did like a little. Um, Bitcoin for beginners like morning session. <laughs> Cause because I, I said I mentioned to one friend, I said, Oh, um, she she was always so kind and gifting to me with her wisdom. Um, and then I thought, well, what can I what can I give you in return? And and I said, Would you like me to teach you a little bit about Bitcoin? Because I knew she was curious. And then and then she went, Yes. And I said, Okay, well, let's do it on Saturday. And then before I knew it like she had invited someone and she said, Oh, do you mind if that person brings someone? And then that person said, do you mind if I bring someone? And then that person said, do you mind if I bring someone? (laughs) And It was just like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, And it, and it, and it was, it was a really interesting conversation. And these were all people who really didn't know much about it, but were naturally curious. Um, So when I bring it up, I mean, that's just one instance, but when I bring it up, amongst my friends who aren't you know there is definitely a natural curiosity there Uh, definitely and then I point them in the directions of you know like the little Bitcoin book or um, you know the Bitcoin standard and your and um, your podcast and especially also um, what Bitcoin did because that's a bit more easy to get into and then you can always jump over to like your content for more deeper insights, things like that. Yeah. Right,
0: yeah. Uh, and uh, what's your take? You mentioned earlier that there's not a lot of women uh, in into mm. Bitcoin. What's your take on why that is?
1: I think that's a real pity. I really do. Um, <laughs> and I kind of feel sorry for the guys in, in the Bitcoin space because I'm like, like, Imagine going to like one of those parties and it's just like 95% guys. It's like, come on girls. That's where they're all hanging out. Come on. Let's, you know, let's come to the party. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, really. Um, and uh, I, I think it's because of that whole tech side that it might seem so intimidating and geeky and, um, oh, that's just for computer programmers and all that nonsense um but it's i think they're missing i think they're missing out they haven't quite cottoned on to the fact that this is culturally going to have like amazing uh implications um so for example um trace may is really good at talking about that stuff um It's like, he just, he's like, okay, so who are you going to be? What kind of person are you going to be? Because it teaches you about, um, well, you, you start learning about trust and, you know, with, with when you, when, when it's about holding your private keys, it's like, well, how much do you trust yourself? Right. How much do I really trust myself? Um, How reliable am I towards myself? What's, what? level of integrity do I have? Like, what's my integrity, all those things confidence, reliability, independence, health, it, um, mental health. So Trace Mayer talks about that quite a lot mental health. But all those things, if women get that, it has, I mean, you know, women are usually the ones who teach their children and the next generation. Um so usually, we the ones who pass on culture, um, and uh, or should be a big part of that at least. And I think that's where women can come in, definitely. And also with that creative, that little creative edge, and you know, just looking at it from a different angle, from a feminine creative angle. I mean, I'm not saying that you know other people aren't, that like men aren't creative. It's just. Women are known to be very creative, you know, um, they they look at those things naturally in that way, yeah, but we're all we're all humans at the end of the day, so uh why why shouldn't we include more women or we'll get them excited about it?
0: Uh, and you also had another theme that I've picked up on, which is around this idea. It's almost like a multiple discovery, right? It's like
1: oh, yeah, yeah. multiple
0: people can sort of come up with the same invention or some similar idea at a similar time. What's your take on why that occurs and how that's happening?
1: Yes, um, I mean it's a it's a known phenomena. I think it's fascinating, um, where um, very meaningful inventions uh, in Across history have been invented around the same time and uh, you know we're talking you know if if you look at the bigger picture of history you know thousands and thousands of years um, very these meaningful things have like been invented around the same year sometimes the same month even and we're talking like in all sorts of uh, what is it industries or uh, parts of life like health or, uh, science, um, or like, so Darwinism, well, the evolution, um, what does he call it again? Uh, select, um, sorry, <laughs> go <gone> blank. <laughs> that thing uh, that Darwin invented.
0: <laughs> survival of the fittest.
1: Uh, well, yeah. Um, there's, it's got another name to it, but there was someone else who, um, I think his name was wallace who invented who, who came up with that same concept really around the same time and and they even knew of each other darwin had already developed his theory but not published it and then darwin saw that the other guy was onto the same thing and he was like oh shit i better like publish mine before he does right <laughs> 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 It's the same with photography, Henry Fox Talbot and Louis Daguerre. um, Very, very similar timing of inventing how photography is fit to paper. Um, I mean, electricity, all, all sorts, all sorts. So I believe, I mean, personally, I believe that that happens because those ideas are already there. They're already there on another dimension, what I would... You can say the universe, or you could call it source consciousness. Some people might call it God. Um, that it, it's already there and it's ripe for the picking, like a low-hanging fruit. It's ready in time and space for us to receive it. And if if you if you're the one who's most open to it, to to tapping into and tuning into that level of consciousness, you can download it. And that's also why I believe that Satoshi downloaded that information. He was so open to uh, to receiving that information that he, I, I believe he just, he or the group or she, just literally downloaded it for humanity to receive it.
0: <laughs> right. <Yeah>. And <laughs> now I think one idea that's related to that is uh, Matt Ridley. He's got a book. I think it was in twenty fifteen or oh, sixteen okay. I think it's called the, I think it's called the Evolution of Ideas. I think you would really like oh, that book because in that book he's talking about a very similar idea, and what he's talking about there is that oftentimes in human history yeah. there were a lot of people working on the same idea because that was just what that was kind of the next step yeah. and so Right. And it's almost going against this idea of the, the great man theory that, oh, there was this great man and he invented this idea. And without him, we wouldn't have this idea. Because uh-huh. in reality, as you're saying, there were often times in history where multiple people were working on a similar idea. And it's not to say that, totally. you know, it wasn't hard, right? But There was a race, but it was more like, it was a race to be the first, so that you got the credit for it, as opposed to <laughs> if you didn't invent it, it would never you know like if we if if DARPA yeah. and whatever didn't do the internet, yeah. someone else might have someone right else would. exactly yeah. and
1: and someone else would have invented it ex- pretty much around that same time, pretty much so it, it's it's like inevitable yeah
0: right, and so if you sort of understand and look back at the history of like okay the cypherpunks and what were some of the ideas that came before right b money uh bit yeah, gold yeah, yeah. hash cash. Yeah. All of these ideas were preceding Bitcoin. Yes,
1: yes. So they were already tapping into that information, that uh, consciousness, and they were already connecting and tapping into it. But they, they didn't sort of manage to download the purest form of it or it was still evolving. Um, so, yeah, I could, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. But that's really interesting. That's, that sounds like a great book. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think we're on a bit of a streak with Matt Ridley once because on the American HODL one, we were talking about his other one, The Rational Optimist. Uh, but yeah, so look, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of this theory of Bitcoin was downloaded, right? Uh, yeah. So, so I guess from your perspective, how, has it been difficult or has it been quite easy for you to kind of learn more about the economics of it and the technology of it? Has that been uh, a difficult part for you or no, has it just uh, been like a natural thing to learn?
1: It's been uh, up until a sort of level of um, knowledge or depth of knowledge. It's actually been quite easy for me because I'm. Cause, I mean, if you're curious, you're just gonna absorb it, right? You're just gonna enjoy learning it. Um, so I mean I've I've gone down the the Bitcoin rabbit hole the you know which which leads you down the Austrian economics one the <laughs> what is money rabbit hole <laughs> um, um, all, all, all those different things but my sort of wall right now is okay getting onto uh, getting onto a, a, running my own node. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'd love to run my own node. I'd really love to do that. But there's just so much I need to learn or I feel like I need to learn before I can get there. But at the same time, I feel, you know, like I've, you know, I've got a, um, a hard wallet. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Right. But even, even just. Getting to that stage was like okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this now.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm gonna own my private keys. Like I'm not gonna do this centralized shit.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, look, right. as I say, it's a it's a progression thing, right? So I don't think anybody's expecting you to be perfect from day one. So it's just a okay. Now you've got a hardware wallet. Now that's you know, that's the next yes. level.
1: Yes, but I you know I think it would be nice if people don't sort of give up there because because the ethos of Bitcoin you know it really having a private your your own node is it's so part of that ethos i mean otherwise why are you you know why
0: yeah <laughs> yeah if you
1: if you don't want to get there then i feel like you're not quite getting what what bitcoin really is about or what what impact it can have on the world
0: so look, let's talk a bit more, more about Bitcoin and art just generally and not like the stock-to-flow aspect of it. Do you have mm-hmm. any other ideas around ways art can be used to communicate the value of Bitcoin or is it just more in your view, it's more just like it's an expression of what you're passionate about and other people, they see that artwork or they hear it or they experience it and they just they just want it for themselves?
1: I'm I'm getting a lot of excitement from people. I mean, there's there's you know there's other Bitcoin artists out there, and they're all doing like all these amazing things and um, uh, it, in in so many different ways. I mean, a lot of them are actually quite figurative about it, um, you know, like portraits of Hal Finney, and, but done in a really clever way and very detailed. And, and like everyone's got different skill sets, so all those different aesthetics will appeal to different types of people. And that's I think that's awesome. I think the more varied that space can become and it's still quite a narrow space, the the sort of Bitcoin or crypto art space. And and I think letzing, you know, it's not it's not just, I mean, it's not just Bitcoin, but um, I think that's where you sort of end up gravitating towards. In the end, I think, but maybe for other people it isn't like that, and that's totally fine. Um, but that whole you know, all that blockchain and all that technology and the the ideas and the ethos that inspires so many artists with so many different skill sets, and I I absolutely love that. So, but the people who have contacted me just off the back of these couple of videos that I've put out and <laughs> I mean for me that's like quite new and I'm like oh my gosh what is going on here I thought I'm the only geek here doing this who get you know um but everyone gets it they just get it and they get so excited about it and I I must say like you know each and every one of them who um who's like been contacting me or even just like sending these little messages on twitter going oh my god I love that They are so important to me. I can't even tell you. I'm so grateful to every single one of them. And, and uh, yeah, I've had amazing conversations with people. I've had amazing conversations, like really inspiring. And each person is so different. And they see that they, they sort of home in on a different value around Bitcoin. Do you know what I mean? Like to one person, it's all about the freedom, and the liberty that it presents to someone else it's you know fuck the banks or whatever right <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so uh, yeah. how do you convey things like you know monetary sovereignty in art
1: that's a very good question and that is that is so abstract and um i uh, for me i do that energetically you know, like what I was saying earlier on, I'm, I tap into that person's values. And then I sort of, you know, colors. Colors have different vibrations. Um, they have different, uh, you know, the, the, the way and, and textures. They, they convey different feelings and emotions. Even if you're painting an abstract piece of art, it, you you can capture different values and emotions in it. Um, I mean, Mark Rothko, for example, was brilliant at that uh, I mean these giant giant paintings that they were just colors but man they vibrated if you uh, like it's different if you've actually sat in front of a real Rothko um then if you look at it uh, in a magazine it's like it just speaks it just speaks it gives you a, it gives you an emotion so when I'm painting when I'm painting, and when I'm, I, I tap into that person's values, uh, and I, 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 from, I, I then express it uh, in color and texture, uh, and and by infusing the energy into it onto the canvas. Well, that's that's how how I would do that. But yeah, it's a very abstract process, and, and maybe not everyone, you know, gets it or
0: right yeah look it's not everyone's uh, cup of tea but uh certainly it's like sometimes there are things that you don't you know they sort of work for a reason that you don't understand or you just you see it and you just sense something and you just feel a certain way about that art yes uh so wh- yes. what's your thoughts on uh running a business uh do you do you see it like that is it's it's going to become like a bigger part of your business over this next year or two, or the next few years. That you might actually start doing more Bitcoin artwork as opposed to uh, your other artwork.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't see it as a business. I see it as um, I'm just following the energy of it, and it's and it excites me, and it excites the people I'm creating it for. Um, so I'm just following. And stepping into that energy, and if at any point it doesn't excite me anymore, I'll 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 find something else that does. But I I, I do really feel that you know, and it won't always like I said earlier on. It won't always be the stock to flow chart itself. It, but, but I love the idea of painting data, right? And there's so much ways, so many different ways of interpreting the data around Bitcoin. There's like you know, gosh, I mean. We could talk forever about that, but <laughs> I do know it's just it's sucking me it's sucking me into that direction, and it's like Bitcoin is my muse, right? So that's that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, I like that way of framing it. And uh, another thing you mentioned around expressing data into art, but then mm. you've also got to, we also remember that that data might change or yeah, you know, certain relationships might change. Yes. So how do you think about yeah. it in a way that? like are you trying to make it more in a timeless way
1: yes that's true yes uh i know what you mean so um i mean for example we don't know if
0: the stock to flow model will
1: hold right we we don't know that for sure um but i still nevertheless i still feel it's an important piece of financial history um and it's not like oh come may it's going to be determined whether it's true or false. That's going to still take time. It's going to still take, like, at least a year or a year and a half. Um, But it's almost like, what do we already know? Everyone who's in this space, like, your instinct for uh, why you're so drawn to Bitcoin. What do you already know? You know? So... This one piece of data is just one part of it and it might lead to new knowledge um, and other data around it. And then that also becomes significant and it's all part of the journey. So each and every piece of those data, they all come together in this beautiful sort of puzzle about, yeah, facilitating the understanding of people to understand what Bitcoin is or get excited about it. And yeah.
0: look plan b himself has said all models are wrong but some are useful right and he's even said himself that he thinks look the model will break down at some point in like at the best case it'll probably break down in the late 2020s right even assuming the best possible case so i think that's worthwhile talking about and it's more just a question of when does the model break down if you know
1: yeah i think when once you know corporates and governments really start stepping in then it's it's not going to be such a pure reflection of of uh you know um human human nature or or the energy of money itself right so i also believe that it, that that chart well the the logarithmic chart of bitcoin is is an expression of the the, the energy of money in its purest mathematical non-physical form Right? right. And, and once human control and manipulation and corruption steps in, it's not going to, ref- it's going to behave differently, but at least we know right now without all of those things or with very little of that, at least we know this is actually the purest form of m- money we've managed to express in form of um, a code. That's a, it's like Satoshi has freed money from its physicality and given it a code, and and there's like maths behind that, and 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 maths maths is part of nature, you know. So yeah, it's not always going to behave like that once it gets too big, but the nature of it is inherently there already, and it will always be there. To
0: see what I mean? right? And uh, look, I think it'll uh, even if it does uh, break down at some point, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, the values of Bitcoin are being compromised. I think it's just uh, no. it's, it's just reached a certain level of success or failure potentially that Bitcoin has reached. That uh, it has just gotten to that level. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the timeline then for your artwork on this particular stock to flow artwork what's the uh time frame that you're looking at in terms of um yeah releasing it and so on
1: yeah um so this one this one's taking a long time (laughs) because it's the first one and um I, i i it's it's very very layered so i have to be i have to be very strategic about when do I paint what layer? And because I haven't done those layers yet, I'm like, sometimes I'm a bit nervous to do the next one. I'm like, oh shit, like now the moon rock's going on, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, well, I'm going to ruin the whole thing. No, no. So I wait for that moment where it feels good and where I feel like, okay, I know what I'm going to do next. And then there's all these videos. And I'll tell you what, video editing is, is, Honestly, it's just a bitch. (laughs) 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 I I mean, I've had to teach myself, and it takes so much time. So all these things are taking – they're making this particular one very stretched out. Then there was Christmas in between. So, But I think I'm close to finishing it, so I I feel like it's quite close. I'd give it like another two or three weeks.
0: Okay, great. And
1: then – and then there's going to be limited edition prints of that one um and uh i think well people are very excited about that cuz um they'll all have a, the the print uh you know they can they can have that in their house or wherever and um
0: they're paying in bitcoin as well
1: some of them are oh yeah <laughs> which is also awesome like that's all you know that's uh uh, on theme you know and then um the other so then there's other commissions so there's already a, 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 there's already a lineup of commissions uh, of original paintings and inter- different interpretations and variations of the, the stock to flow chart and i i, I mean I'm, it doesn't have to be exactly that stock to flow chart could be the very very first one that he ever did because I, I love the graphics of that and the simplicity of it. So, that's also a, that, the first one he put out is also a piece of financial history. So, they were all, he's developed them over the course of time and he's refined it. Um, so, I'd love to paint that very first one for someone as well. And, um, it, yeah, so those will also then have limited edition prints just so that, you know, to, to share that excitement and so. People, you know, don't have to commission an original if they want to be inspired by it. Um, Those, the the next originals will, I'll be much faster at painting them just because by then I'll, I'll be familiar with the layers and the process. And I probably won't be doing so many videos about it because yeah, that, that does take me out of the studio a bit. Yeah yeah but I love the journey the journey's been it's just so exciting I love it and all the input from people is I'm so honestly I'm so grateful and inspired and it's just it's its yeah it's really touching and amazing how people have been reacting yeah and also the synchronicity like it, that's also really interesting like the people I can't I can't you know I'm not gonna disclose uh anything uh that reveals their identity but um the 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 amount of coincidences or synchronicities that are sort of falling into place with each person there's quite a few i'm just like wow this is incredible you know but that's because we all speak the same language in one way or another you know we the fact that we're all excited about and get what Bitcoin, what it is, what it means to, um, humanity and, you know, uh, financial history, the, the fact that we all get that means we already, I don't know, like, you know, we talk about it being a community, Right, it is a community, we all get each other. So we, we are already on that same wavelength what I mean.
0: Great. Uh so look, uh, let's um hear a bit about your um your website and you know where the listeners can uh follow you and if they want to find out more or if they would like to order some where can they find you?
1: Okay. Um I haven't got a website up yet for the orders. Um I'm just taking that directly like in the um direct messaging of Twitter. So I'm on Twitter at um it's, it's petek p e t e k. Uh, and then the handle is at radar rain r-a-d-a-r-r-a-y-n-e so you can find me there and you can watch the videos there and um oh where else there's a there's a a cape town gallery which has some of my work up um they're called axis art gallery um .co.za uh so those are those are good places so that's a like good place um well twitter is like yeah
0: the main place to get you yeah great. yeah
1: yeah exactly <laughs> all right well that's yeah. great
0: um look so look thanks very much for joining me Petek. it's uh, not been my typical episode but i've enjoyed chatting with you
1: No, okay. oh thank you thank you so much it's been really nice chatting with you and yeah you've asked some very interesting questions as well so also yeah see where that takes me as well thank you
0: Alright, that's it for the episode this week. Make sure you check out the show notes and the transcript at stefanlevera.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the Citadels.